I'm Father Ron Shipley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church, and I welcome you to this podcast homily for First Sunday after the Epiphany. These homilies are part of a series of presentations for all the Sundays in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer. Revisions to this series are part of the AIC's continuing celebration of the start of its second decade on the web. The musical theme is an arrangement of We Three Kings of Orient R, performed by Electron Planet. The arrangement, used under license, is the musical theme for the companion AIC video series Epiphany, the Manifestation of Christ to the Gentiles. Listeners may benefit from the AIC seasonal video series Epiphany, the Manifestation of Christ to the Gentiles, presented in three episodes, each linked from the digital library page with MP3 podcast versions linked from the podcast archive page at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. This series offers a brief history of the evolution of Epiphany season, Anglican traditions of Epiphany, commentary on the Collect Epistle and Gospel readings for Epiphany Day and the six Sundays after Epiphany, in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer. The Collect Epistle and Gospel readings for First Sunday after the Epiphany are discussed in Episode 2. The Epistle reading for First Sunday after the Epiphany, Romans 12, 1-5, is a short pericope from St. Paul's longest epistle, which was chosen because it reinforces the Church's teaching on the unity of the Church as one body under one Christ. It also contains St. Paul's warning about the difference between the needs of the secular world and the spiritual requirements of the Christian faith consistent with the will of God, offering this advice in verses 1b and 2. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He interprets faith as a gift of the grace of God in verse 3 and offers instruction on the proper way to understand the unity of the church in verses 4 and 5. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. The Gospel reading for First Sunday after the Epiphany is Luke 2, verses 41 to 51. St. Luke's unique glimpse of Jesus' childhood, traditionally known and depicted in art and stained glass under the title, Teaching the Doctors in the Temple. This reading from St. Luke's Gospel is the only glimpse in the New Testament of the period between Jesus' circumcision on the eighth day after his birth, celebrated in the Feast of the Circumcision on January 1st, and the beginning of his ministry in Galilee as an adult. St. Luke shares with us an event which occurred when Jesus was just 12 years old. As Luke told us earlier in chapter 2, the Holy Family had accepted the obligation under the Mosaic Law of having the child circumcised on the eighth day, and further, the obligatory purification of mothers on the fortieth day after childbirth, 
celebrated in the Feast of the Purification of St. Mary the Virgin on February 2nd. In the modern practice of the Jewish faith, this incident in Jesus' twelfth year is the equivalent of the Bar Mitzvah, a ceremony in which a boy comes of age. The Holy Family had gone to Jerusalem for the Passover feast. After the feast had ended, Mary and Joseph and the traveling party, which Luke calls kinfolk and acquaintances in verse 44, headed home to Nazareth. They had been on the road for a full day before they realized that Jesus was not with them in the entourage. When his absence was discovered, they turned back toward Jerusalem and sought him out. They searched the city for two whole days with no result, but on the third day, perhaps symbolically prefiguring his three days in the tomb, they found him in what I am sure was the place they least expected to find their missing 12-year-old son in the temple. The temple, as it existed at that time, was King Herod's massive complex built on the much smaller second temple built by Zerubbabel after the return from captivity in Babylon. Zerubbabel is mentioned in St. Luke's genealogy of Jesus in chapter 3. Luke says that they discovered him, quote, sitting in the midst of the doctors. Here, doctors does not mean medical doctors in the modern sense, but the wisest and most important scholars and high priests and scribes of the temple. In the stained glass window depicting this scene at St. Joseph's Villa Chapel, Richmond, Virginia, by Franz Mayer of Munich, all the doctors are looking toward Jesus, who is at the center of the scene. In the stained glass window at the National Shrine of St. Francis of Assisi in San Francisco, possibly by F.X. Zettler or another artist in the Munich style, only one doctor is shown. St. Luke tells us in verse 47 that Jesus was, quote, both hearing them and asking them questions, and all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. St. Luke also reports in verse 48 that Mary was confused about what had caused Jesus to do this thing. She asked, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. Jesus replied to Mary in verse 49, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? This is often taught as meaning that Christians should regularly attend church, just as Jesus was there in the house of his father. But I think the intended meaning was something else, that Jesus, having honored his greater obligation to his Father in heaven, is shown by St. Luke as being obedient to his earthly parents, honoring the concept of family. St. Luke reports in verse 51 and 52 that even having said to the Blessed Virgin that he was about his Father's business, he willingly returned with them to Nazareth, where, according to Luke's account, he subjected himself to his earthly parents, thus honoring the commandment to honor thy father and mother. Luke also tells us in verse 50 that neither St. Mary nor St. Joseph understood the meaning of his visit to the temple. We also know from St. Luke's narrative that the Blessed Virgin, 
chosen by God among all others owing to her righteous life and her obedience, kept this issue, quote, in her heart, in verse 51. Keeping something in the heart in both the Hebrew and Christian traditions is not a reference to the bodily organ that pumps blood through the body, but to one's innermost being and consciousness. The idea is central to the spiritual discipline known as Christian spirituality. As mentioned in the podcast homily for Epiphany Day, the name Epiphany comes from several Greek words meaning to shine forth or to light. As Christians, we recognize, as Jesus himself said in the Gospel of John, that he is the light of the world. And, as St. Luke and St. John both observed, he is the light that shines in our inner darkness. Other AIC resources on topics discussed in this podcast homily are from the AIC Bible Study video series New Testament Gospels, the Gospel reading for First Sunday after Epiphany, Luke 2, verses 41 to 51, is discussed and illustrated in episode 15, with illustrations including the mayor of Munich's stained glass window teaching the doctors in the temple, which is shown on page 38 in the AIC bookstore publication, Paintings on Light, the Stained Glass Windows of St. Joseph's Villa Chapel, and the stained glass window at the National Shrine of St. Francis of Assisi in San Francisco. Episodes in the series are linked from the Bible Study New Testament pages. From the AIC seasonal video series, The Twelve Days of Christmas, presented in 12 episodes from first day of Christmas, December 25th through 12th day of Christmas, January 5th, with a theme word or phrase for each day. Relevant here is the fifth day of Christmas, December 29th, when the theme word is obedience, and the seventh day of Christmas, December 31st, when the theme word is family, which I demonstrate by examples in the lives of the Blessed Virgin and Joseph at the time of the incident described in today's Gospel reading. In another series, The Lives of the Saints, in the second series on other saints of the Eastern and Western tradition, episode 29 is focused on Leo the Great. Joseph of Arimathea is the subject of episode 19. Episodes in these series are linked from the digital library page. From the AIC Bookstore Publications, the Gospel of Luke Annotated and Illustrated, St. Luke's account of Jesus' teaching in the temple at age 12 is discussed and illustrated in chapter 2. In Christian Spirituality and Anglican Perspective, I discuss the concept of taking the Church's teaching to heart presented in the context of Archbishop Cranmer's responses to the commandments and examples of apostolic wisdom from two pairs of Saints Peter and Paul, James and Jude, and finally the writings of the late 17th century Anglican divine, the Blessed Lancelot Andrews, especially including his insight on the filioque clause of the Nicene Creed. Layman's Lexicon. There you can see the entry for virtue, including those mentioned by St. Paul on pages 234 and 235. And finally, from the St. Chrysostom hymnal, you can read the music and lyric of several traditional epiphany hymns or carols which are not found in the venerable 1940 hymnal. 
All the AIC Bookstore publications are available using the Virtual Bookstore link at the bottom of the homepage at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. In lieu of a closing prayer, I offer the words of the hymn, O Christ, Our True and Only Light, hymn number 50 in the St. Chrysostom Hymnal, written in Germany by Johann Hiermann in the early 17th century. And here I use the 19th century translation by Catherine Winkworth. It is arranged in the St. Chrysostom Hymnal to the 17th century long-meter tune Breslau. O Christ, our true and only light, illumine those who sit in night. Let those afar now hear thy voice, and in thy fold with us rejoice. Fill with the radiance of thy grace the souls now lost in error's maze. And all, O Lord, whose secret minds some dark delusion hurts and blinds. And all who else have strayed from thee, O gently seek thy healing be, to every wounded conscience given, and let them also share thy heaven. O make the deaf to hear thy word, and teach the dumb to speak, dear Lord, who dare not yet the faith avow, though secretly they hold it now. Shine on the darkened and the cold, recall the wanderers to thy fold. Unite those now who walk apart, Confirm the weak and doubting heart, so they with us may evermore such grace with wondering thanks adore. And endless praise to thee be given by all thy church in earth and heaven. Until next time, may the Lord bless and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and make use of its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.